I'm Robin Amler of IBS Intelligence. You're listening to the IBSI Views podcast. With me is Georg Ludvigsen, Chief Executive Officer and co-founder of Maniga. We are talking about the need for the financial sector to respond to the threat posed by climate change. Can the financial sector itself do something about climate change? I think it certainly can. I mean, the financial sector has financed every industrial revolution in in history, and uh, they certainly can finance the transition to green that is now taking place. So it is an enormous opportunity for the financial sector to get that right. What's the role of banks, though, other than just providing the money? So they can, I think they, they provide the incentives. I think what, what we are seeing now is, uh, which is very interesting. I mean, there's a, there's a green wave in, in, in banking. We, we see, um, and, and we, just to introduce Monika, we um, have been in, for 10 years helping banks with their digital channels. So help basically banks build better digital mobile banks to help them understand and manage their money. And our kind of that's been our sole purpose: help banks motivate their customers to think about their money. But now green is in demand. We have been looking at this um, trend for for some years, and a few banks offer carbon trackers and so on. And and we basically came to the conclusion that there was no better place than the mobile bank or the digital bank for people to keep track of their of their carbon footprint. So uh, we have kind of bringing to bear all our experience and helping people understand and manage their money to also help them now understand and manage their carbon footprint. And to get back to your question, this is an enormous opportunity for banks, both to cater to people and investors that want to uh, kind of see the world go green. Just give you a few examples. We have one of our customers that recently, the first one that we launched our Carbon Insight product with, had been issuing some green bonds and they got more favorable rates on their green bonds. This was a bank in the Nordics than they had for the normal financing. So their green products, in this case, green car loans to fund electric cars, green mortgages to fund sustainable housing and, and others had better margins for this bank because there was more in kind of demand uh, in, in their funding for green banking than, than not. I, I don't think that's necessarily universally the case, but I think we're increasingly seeing the finance industry make this monumental shift where the incentives are strong to go green, not just for households, but also for for industry. Well, now you're talking the kind of language a bank would understand, because if you say to them, you can get a better margin on this product, or this will cost you less because of what it is, they're going to respond because they're going to look at the bottom. Let's be honest, they're going to look at the bottom line first. Precisely. And I think that's exactly what's interesting about what's now happening in green banking. There, Again, not universally, but there are several examples of, of those green products being more profitable for the banks. And that, of course, is driven by advocacy and political pressure and, and, and regulation and all sorts of things, putting pressure on banks to uh, and investors to make sure that their money kind of takes the green angle into consideration. And the fact is, there are many projects that the world can undertake for that transition that are very profitable for banks to finance. So, so it is a business opportunity. And, and that, but while before, people tended to look at this as a PR or a kind of tree huggers, that, I think that is kind of fundamentally shifting. We, we commissioned surveys across the world. We've also looked at other surveys, which shows that consistently 
And it's not just a European or, or Northern European or Nordic thing. It's, it's a global thing. Between 50% and two-thirds of people in, um, across the globe, they, they want their banks to be responsible when it comes to green banking. And for many of them, this is a, a top priority. Well, you've mentioned already that, that it's a business opportunity and it's a business opportunity in industry. Obviously, as regulations change, and they will change, they are changing, mm-hmm. new potential opportunities for business open up in those eco-friendly areas and those businesses have got to be funded. That's an opportunity for banks. There is, as you've been saying, also pressure from the consumer the global consumer saying, I want things to be done in a different way. I want to be more sensitive about the, the ecology of the planet. How does that translate into financial services? People fundamentally, uh, at least how we, this is how we interpret it, they want to do, do the right, right thing for the economy, or at least a vast kind of majority of them do. But the problem with, for example, households' carbon footprint and people's carbon footprint is that most people don't know Kind of what to do. They they do the things that they uh, that are easy for them to recycle or, for example, offsetting their carbon emissions is, is a very rare thing. Less than one percent of people do that. But those that do do it where it's convenient. For example, when they're buying a flight, they may check a box to pay uh, one or two more pounds to offset the the emissions for the flight. So really making it easy and convenient that that's the problem, not not the willingness. So what we've built, and that's why uh, we believe that there's no better place than the mobile banking app than to track and do something about your carbon, is that uh, almost all your emissions come from your consumption. So just by analyzing your transactions, what you spend your money on, uh, we can give you a pretty accurate profile of where your carbon emissions come from. It's mostly transport. It's also food. If I tell you, you, you uh, your carbon footprint is 800 kilos per year, that doesn't tell most people much. They have no idea, is that good or bad? And what can I do about it? But as soon as you bring it to life and explain from which uh, parts of their spending uh, this comes and how that is trending over time, you can start to engage with people and help them do something about it. And there are two ways people can do something about it. One is to lower their, kind of modify their lifestyle, change their consumption habits. And often that goes hand in hand with just uh, minimalism or kind of not over-consuming and and, and saving more money, which so it's good both good for the wallet and for the planet. So it's very much related to our journey of helping people understand and manage their money. We that's our origins, kind of help leading people, help kind of motivating people to lead better financial lives. You can change your lifestyle. So so that's what we do. We give people advice. We tell you where does your emissions come from, and what can you do. Uh, and and if you want to give us get an even better estimate, you can tell our systems. Okay, I'm a weekend or I fly economy, not business, and then we'll give you an even better estimate. But the estimate is still pretty accurate. But then the other thing you can do is, is offset. And uh, that's another major opportunity to, to the world to have both individuals and, and, and companies do more offsetting. That is done largely piecemeal today. You, you offset one thing that you do, or some companies offset part of their uh, activities and, and, and individuals offset their flights maybe, but not all their spending. And for most people, uh, it's surprising how cheap it is to offset their, their total carbon footprint. Unless you're a super heavy traveler, it costs around 50 pounds, 50 to 100 pounds, a few hundred at most, even if you're a super frequent traveler. So for, for affluent people, this is not a major um, 
issue. But there's just the problem is they don't know and there's no convenient way to do it. So banks can really, some of the objectives we have now with the banks that are implementing our Carbon Insights solution into their digital bank is to uh, get 50 or 100 times more people to do offsetting than we're doing so before. And we know there's demand for it as long as it's convenient and seamless. You've used the word several times, and it's definitely the one that's going to make a difference. Convenient. Make it convenient, make it simple, make it obvious, and educate people to use it. Yes, precisely. When we first were looking at this type of solution and adding that to our product portfolio, we were first planning to partner with companies that were focusing on, on this estimating carbon footprints. But we didn't find a carbon footprint calculator that we liked. It was either too complicated, meaning you would answer 50 detailed questions about your lifestyle, which just is not convenient enough. Very few people do that. Or it was too simplistic. So we partnered with Ernst & Young and, and developed uh, an index that was optimized for convenience, but yet was accurate enough. So it's typically accurate to in, within 20%, even if, and, and we've tested that with, compared to the best possible information. And that's, a, for all practical purposes, good enough. And that means just focusing on the few areas where the carbon emissions come from, like, uh, like transport and travel and, and, and food, and ask maybe one or two questions or, or give users the opportunity to make the estimate even more accurate if, if they share some information about their lifestyle. But once this is in place, it's also real time. We, we track your transactions as they happen inside your mobile bank. So just like you're used to tracking your balance, uh, the, the plan here is to help people gradually get used to tracking their carbon footprint. Is that going up or down? How's that evolving over time? And make it one click away to, to do something about it. And partly that's changing the lifestyle, but it's neither desirable nor realistic to go to zero. So offsetting plays a major role as, as, as well. And, um, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, there, there are no feelings or suffering in, in carbon uh, molecules. Uh, if, if you offset as much as you emit, that, that, that's ethically pretty sound. This is also part of our offering, having banks can offer certified, effective carbon offsetting programs. Uh, we partnered with a United Nations body that, that certifies these programs to, so that people can see, okay, I, if, uh, I need to pay 50 euros to offset my annual carbon, then, and I can choose from uh, this dam in Peru project or reforestation in Russia, wh whatever it is, programs that are certified to be effective, both cost-effective and, and certified to, to work. So make it just one click away and, and understand where is my money, how, how is it hel helping this? And we're very ambitious. We want to see, as I said, 50 to 100 times more people do offsetting. And it's not going to have a big impact on their wallets, but it's going to have a big impact on the planet. But all this then is connected to the bank's green products. So uh, the reasons, uh, going back to our earlier discussion, that, that the banks are doing this is primarily not to, it's partly to meet the needs of people that want this. These are typically affluent or young people that, that banks want to cater to. But it's also to kind of link their increasingly green banking products to the right audience. We help people understand the footprint how to change the lifestyle and offset, but also what are the green products you that are available for the bank, which, which is, uh, again, good for the bottom line of, of the bank as, as well. Georg Ludvigsen, CEO and co-founder of Maniga, thank you very much.